Poised for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful future exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life, and for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topic and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now here's your host, Julie Keys. Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. Today, we're going to be talking with a licensed healthcare expert who specializes in healthcare programs for business owners, just in time for open enrollment. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break to hear about my business transition readiness program. Do you know what it means to be transition ready? Does the thought of your future business exit bring on feelings of anxiety? If so, you are not alone. In the Business Transition Readiness Program, you'll find the answers to these questions and many more. According to award-winning certified exit planner Julie Keys, it takes at least five years to prepare an owner and a business for a future exit. The Business Transition Readiness Program will help you unpack the complexities of exit and transition planning, shed light on the unknowns, and help prepare you and your business to exit on your own terms and not someone else's. You can get more info and register for upcoming programs at poisedforexit.com. Just click on Owner Program. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today with Mary Dines, who is a licensed healthcare solutions expert. Mary, it's so good to have you on the show today. Thanks for coming on Poised for Exit. Well, thanks for having me, Julie. I appreciate the opportunity to have this chat with you. Well, it's uh, it's such a timely topic, and um, you know everybody's uh, got their radar on as far as open enrollment goes. And so I'm really excited to to cover this topic today, and you're the person, of course, that was top of mind for that. But before we get into the content of the show, I'd just like to have you share a little bit about yourself and how you got into your career. It's actually kind of a funny story on how I got into this business. I had been self-employed while I was married, and I was always on a company plan. And Mm -hmm. when we moved, I took a corporate job. And when I decided at the tender age of 50-something that I was ready to start my encore career and mm-hmm. leave my corporate job, I was no longer married, so I had to buy insurance for myself. And I made the mistake that most people do is I went on the Internet and I filled out an inquiry for information and my phone started blowing up. Five years later, it's still blowing up because they sell those numbers as aged leads. So I'm still mm-hmm. getting calls from insurance brokers. But when I started looking, I would talk to somebody who would tell me I could get a plan for $75, and it was Mm. great, but they wouldn't send me anything until I sent them some money. So I went down the street and met with a Florida Blue agent, and she said, no, it's $775, and by the way, it doesn't cover the prescriptions you're on. I got so mad, I went out and got licensed so I could understand what was going on. And then as I was doing that, I thought, how do people do this on their own? And with that, my Encore career changed. I'm now licensed Mm. in 32 states for under 65 and over 65. I'm contracted with almost 100 carriers, and I have access to hundreds of plans. And I put myself in a position where I can literally help anybody. I have something for everybody when it comes to insurance. Well, that is a fantastic story. It reminds me of that old saying that that goes, um, necessity being the mother of invention. (laughs) You just reinvented yourself based on the necessity. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Well, let's talk about your business for a little bit. I'd just like to, uh, first of all, just ask you, who are your clients? Who's your ideal client? 
most of my clients are entrepreneurs. They're self-employed mm-hmm. or small businesses that don't have access to group plans, don't have the time or the energy to find these these options on their own. So, as I said, most of them are, are self-employed and small businesses. Got it. And and so I know, well, you know this because you're working with entrepreneurs and you are one. We're all about alternatives and options, right? We we want to know what our options are. We don't ever want to be backed into just one way of doing something, especially when it comes to insurance because it costs so much. What would you say are some of the alternatives that employers can use right now, say in lieu of a group plan? That's a great question because there's a lot of that going on right now. Um, people have had their hours cut. Uh, they have high turnover, and so their people are coming and going from their business. So the, a group plan can be kind of hard to manage, especially with a smaller group. So they can mm. look at um, things like, you know, individual plans for employees, giving them a stipend so they can pick what they want, and that, that way they get the coverage they need. A lot of them don't realize, especially some of the faith-based businesses, that there are faith-based insurance plans available, both for individuals and groups. So they know the plan that they're purchasing is not going to cover something that goes against their own values. And oh, then there's always, you know, the, the group plans that you can, the group plans that you can buy either through the marketplace or through a private carrier. Uh, if you have more than five employees, a group plan might be worth looking at. Typically, it's ten or more. But there are several ways to inspire get coverage for your employees and get their loyalty by providing them other options to make sure that they can have and carry their own health insurance. And with a stipend program, they have to talk to their CPA uh, and figure out how to set up an HRA or something like that. But the employees like it too, because if they move, uh, they leave the company, if they you know, start working in a different branch of the company, that insurance is theirs and it's portable and they can take it with them. So they know that their employment is not the only thing keeping their health insurance, that their employer will help them keep it. But if they decide to leave, they still have it. So then do they have to go through the the COBRA process at that point or how does that work? No, if they're on a a stipend program, a lot of my like state farm insurance agencies, they give their their employees, the younger ones, say $200 a month and they decide what they want to get for insurance through that. And if they want, and if it costs more than the $200, they pay it. But if they leave or move on to something else, they're just not going to get that stipend anymore, but they can take the coverage with them. Got it. Got it. So you referred to um, faith-based organizations being like, um, what's that term? Uh, is it healthcare sharing or something like that? Could you speak to that? Health, health share ministries. Yeah, health share ministries. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're not insurance. They are not regulated by the State Insurance Commission. They are, however, regulated by the IRS and by the State Attorney General because they're, they're LLCs or some sort of corporation. So, now, most of them are Christian-based, so they'll ask mm-hmm. you to affirm some Christian beliefs to, to become accepted into that plan. I do have one, however, that is a universal life church that you simply have to say that you believe if we are in a position to help our fellow man, we need to do it. Mm. And you can get group plans or individual plans through those. A lot of them, like I said, it's not insurance, but it works like insurance. You have consult fees that you pay when you see a doctor. You have uh, sharing uh, responsibility, which is kind of like a deductible that you pay. You can get coverage for your wellness visits and things like that. So it feels like insurance. It's definitely not insurance. But there are options that can be explored. And for someone over 
40, those are usually much more cost effective than a standard insurance plan. And so then are you, how does it work then? Are you the liaison for helping people acquire these kinds of programs? And then who pays the fee for that? Like to pay you, in other words, is it? I'm compensated by the carrier. Okay. Okay. So when I work with somebody, I'm going to be compensated by the carrier and I, I can promise all of my clients that I'm not going to push you into a plan because I'm trying to win a trip to Cabo. I want to be your broker for life. I want to give you a plan that works for you right now. And so if your situation ever changes and that plan's not working for you, I want you to feel comfortable coming back to me and saying, Hey Mary, what else can we do? What are my other options? This isn't working anymore. And yeah, the new doctor or whatever the situation is. And that's really how, you know, when we were talking about the content for the show today and, and you thought that the title, you know, putting care back into healthcare was a good, t- I think it's a great title. And that's really how that, that's how you do that is, is, is that's how you Correct. put the care that's back into healthcare. Philosophy. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I love that because yeah, you're so right. You know, so many times these people that are trying to sell you something, regardless of it's health insurance or something else, they're trying to win a trip. And they could really care less if mm-hmm. it's a fit for you. Yeah. So Exactly. Let's talk about COVID for a second. I hate bringing it up. But, you know, it really is kind of a, a thing that has affected a lot of people in a lot of different ways, business owners included. How has that changed your business? It has a, drastically in that um, people had their hours cut. Mm-hmm. And then they don't have enough hours to cover the insurance costs. So mm-hmm. some employers are telling me you can go on COBRA. That's very expensive. What yeah. a, most people don't realize, loss of employer coverage gives you a special enrollment period for the marketplace plans. So I've been, I was able to help people outside of open enrollment get one of those mm-hmm. ACA marketplace plans. And because their income had changed, we'd write a letter projecting their income. And oftentimes they qualify for a substantial subsidy. Okay. And then when they get called back to work or they find a new job, you don't have to keep that plan. You can cancel that plan at any time. So I'm able to find them coverage quickly and affordably. The caveat is some people waited more than 60 days. You have a 60-day window for that special mm. enrollment period. So for mm. them, we had to look at private plans, which were more more expensive. But I was able to help a lot of people. Uh, example, my friend Brenda worked at Bush Garden since she was in high school. She's 62 years old. They cut her hours, and the next week she got a notice saying she was be furloughed, and she has no health insurance. Mm. I was able to get her on an ACA plan starting the next day, the first of the month, because they only start in the first month. So she had continuous coverage. She subsequently decided to retire. Now in three years, I'll help her with her Medicare. Mm, interesting. So if we have listeners who um, are, are facing this, you know, dilemma, there's a lot of clients that I've worked with over the last several months, too, who have had to downsize their staff because they just, their top line revenues, you know, shrunk um, and they don't have the money right. to keep a lot of these people employed, but they want to help them and they want to do something for them. A lot of times they just don't know what, Right. So my question is then, you could be a great catalyst for a business owner who might be listening going, wow, this is a great solution I can offer to my employees who, whose hours have been cut, but that I, I can't get rid of them. That's, that's many times the problem. They, they need those people. They just can't afford to keep them on full time, but they don't want to lose them. What can they do to retain them, keep them happy? Because, you know, 
the human capital is, is really the value of the going concern. If you don't have good people, you don't have a business. So, I mean, it exactly. sounds to me like exactly. you'd be a great, a great partner for um, business owners to be able to work with to solve that problem. Awesome. So, Absolutely. Uh, and, and in keeping with yeah. my uh, – go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. That's right. I have the next question after that. I was going to say, it, it, keeping with my business philosophy, if I don't have something for an employee in that situation, I can probably find them somebody who can help. Mm-hmm. So even if I personally don't have a product for that person, I have a network of you know coworkers and other workers in other states that I can I can send them to somebody without making that, let's go on the internet and put our phone number off their mistake. Sure. Yeah, because that sounds like it was a big mistake. Once they got you, they got you. <laughs> So um, over and over, yes. <laughs> and you have um, the capability of writing insurance in a lot of areas of the country, correct? Not just, I mean, Minnesota is one of them, but you're actually based in Florida. And so, like, uh, primary yes. territory for you is what, would you say? I'm licensed in 32 states. Um, some states are a little more challenging to sell in Minnesota. For example, their state insurance commission does a fabulous job of protecting them from nefarious people like the one, the guy mm. that tried to sell me the $75 plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the options there are a little more limited, but with the private plans, depending on what's available in each state in all of those 32 states, I can help with something. Yeah. I love that. Um, and I know that there are other coverages that are available outside of a company plan that you could discuss. So maybe we could touch on that for a little bit. Yes. Uh, you had a speaker, I'm sorry, I don't recall his name, on one of the earlier podcasts who was talking about life insurance and, you know, have your own life insurance com- policy because when your employment ends, that company policy ends. Yeah. So I would say anyone, no matter who they're working for, Make sure you have your own primary plan, whether you get it from somebody like me, your state farm agent, your financial planner, whomever, but have your own life insurance plan. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I always encourage people to keep their own plan on is, is an accident protection and a critical yeah. illness protection. Mm-hmm. Example, a client of mine in Utah has four boys, all play sports, two in high school, two in college. In January, He's on a, his company plan. It's a high deductible plan by his choice. I said, you've got four boys. You really need to look at some accident protection. They're all playing sports. Well, in the month of January, all four of those boys ended up in the emergency room for one thing or another. Wow. With the accident protection plan he had, he had a $250 deductible for that. And that plan enhancer paid up to his, their maximum out of pocket. So at the end of January, he had spent $1,250, but his 16300 family max out of pocket had been met. And wow. when he told his wife, happy Valentine's Day in February, she said, you better call Mary and tell her that first, because we love Mary more than we love each other right now. <laughs> did he call you? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he did. They even sent me flowers. I was um, going to ask, did they send you the flowers? Thing. That's awesome. Flowers, chocolates, everything. <laughs> yeah. They were very, very happy in that moment. (laughs) The other thing is a a critical illness Mm. uh, writer. And most people think I'm young. I don't need it. Mm. I have an example. A a friend of mine's daughter, 32 years old, diagnosed with breast cancer on a high deductible plan. They did two GoFundMes last year to, Mm. to help cover her bills. Now we're going into a new calendar year and a new deductible and they're paying, you know, doing another GoFundMe. Whereas if we, we had, they had had that critical illness rider, 
upon diagnosis, depending on the plan they bought, the plan would have sent her a check for $30,000. How much pressure do you think that would have taken off paying the deductible, paying living expenses while she couldn't work and everything else? And the critical illness riders are really inexpensive. I mean, Aflac has some. I have several carriers. Especially if there's a condition that runs in your family, mm. you you pay for it, you pray you never need it. But when you need it and that check comes, I had another client call me crying and thanking me. She just got a check for $67,000. Like, did you win the lottery? She says, no, my husband had a stroke. I used that claim form that you sent me when I signed up. They sent me a check for $67,000. And I can't tell you how much that means to my family right now. Wow. That's life-changing. It is. Insurance yeah. is something you, you pay a lot of money for and you pray you never have to use. You alluded to the the premiums being inexpensive. So, so for instance, if I were going to take out a supplemental policy for critical illness, what would that run typically? Like for an old girl uh, like For me, somebody you know? our age? <laughs> Yeah, for somebody our age, they uh, with they have plans that are not medically underwritten. They're called a standard issue. It would be about thirty dollars a month, and it would have the accident protection and the critical illness payout. Oh wow, that's awesome! I'm, you and I are going to have to talk after this, Minnie. So um, speaking of that, <laughs> can I? Is it safe for me to assume though that something like that doesn't would not cover a pandemic? Like, say, for instance, you got COVID-19. That is if you correct. have a policy like that? Yeah, I, yeah, I figured that. There are policies for something like COVID-19. There are, mm. It's called a sickness hospitalization plan, um, mm. where I use this with a lot of my ACA clients that have high deductible plans, where in the event of a hospitalization for sickness, they cut you a check for whatever that plan amount is. So if somebody mm. had an $8,850 max out of pocket and they had that sickness protection plan, as soon as they were hospitalized for 24 hours, that plan's going to send them a check for $8,855 or whatever the, the, the amount that we selected at the time of purchase. Well, this has been And then your plan amazing. covers everything 100% after that. Yes. Well, and you know, when you've got major medical insurance that doesn't cover a whole lot unless you're super destitute, right? Um, you're covering most mm-hmm. of, of what, what you have to. And, and having something like this makes total sense. So it isn't necessarily instead of, it's, it's in, in addition to. That's what we're talking about right Correct. now. But let's talk right. about electives. Like, say for instance, if, um, no, I'm, I'm just thinking about myself here because I always think about me. No, I'm kidding. Um, stem cells, <laughs> right? I, I, <laughs> I got a bad right shoulder and I'd really like to get stem cell injections because I hear that they're just like the miracle thing. But that, of course, isn't covered by insurance. Is that something that no, you could, like, not. is there an option? Yeah. Like, um, elective yes, procedures. There is. Or elect- yeah, yeah. Talk about that for a second. Uh, it's called a health matching account. Um, I am in Tampa, Florida, which is Gasparilla area, all kinds of Gasparilla crews, lots of women getting mommy makeovers and things like that. And insurance isn't <laughs> going to pay for it or stem cell. And insurance isn't going to pay for it. the health matching account is something that it's post-tax dollars. It's not like an HSA. It's post-tax dollars. It really has no cash value, but you put in money every month and they match it. So for example, if you had a $5,000 plan, you wanted to get $5,000 in your account to pay for this. You put in $84 a month. 
over the course of 36 months, you put in $2,940, something like that. But the amount on your debit card is $5,000 because they've matched it. And you can use that at any medical facility. Mm. So then how so long do you have for to contribute plastic the match? They start matching right away, but there's a, a fee that comes out, a maintenance fee. After, mm. You want to not use that plan for at least 12 months, longer mm-hmm. if you can do it. And here's the really mm-hmm. interesting thing on those two. They have them for pets also. Oh, I have one for my dogs. As you know, I will always have four dogs because at five I need a kennel license, so I keep it at four. But started <laughs> that account, so you know, two years from now when it when it's matured, their annual visits, their shots, I want to get their nails clipped, anything they do in a vet's office, I run that debit card, and I my money has been matched. I've put in twenty nine hundred dollars, and I have five thousand dollars on that card, and they they're varying amounts. You can go up to sixty thousand dollars if you want to put that much money away for elective surgery. So that's something you, you kind of know you're going to need something, you plan it, and when you spend it down, you cancel it. it, it like I said, it has no cash value uh, once it. it's done. You spend it down when you're done, and then you cancel it. But it's Got a great it. way to build that money up quickly for those elective procedures. Well, and you know, when it comes to what insurance will cover, it seems like there's more and more elective procedures that you wouldn't think should be elective procedures, but they are. Um, I'm just thinking of like dental work even is considered many times cosmetic or dental or um, elective procedure, and it's really not. With braces, most dental plans cap out at $1,500 or $2,000 a max that they're going to pay. If you're looking at your kid when he's five going, oh, he's going to need braces, get a health matching account. So when that bill comes after the 1050 or whatever the, the dental plan is paying, you've got the money in the account sitting there ready to make pay that bill. Right, plus it's matched. I probably could have bought a house or at least a small house with the amount of money that I put into <laughs> braces for all four of my kids. And that was years ago. I don't know what they cost now, but man, I live in, um, you know, <laughs> and you, after, after you do all of that and you spend all that money, what do they, what does the orthodontist do? They give you a mug with their company name on it as a thank you. I thought, <laughs> yeah, it should be more. Lovely. <laughs> Well, gosh, we could keep going on this, Mary. I knew that you would have a lot of really great information to share, and I know our listeners are really going to sink their teeth into this because it's so timely with open enrollment. But we've reached a time when we got to um, get to the cut to the chase with our action items now, and I know you've got some. So could you just share a couple of action items for our listeners that they could do right away? Yes. Understand your current plan. Have a I'm happy to look at it or have somebody else look at it. Every plan has limitations and exceptions. Every plan does. If you know what those are, you don't get surprise bills. If you don't understand those, you're going to get a surprise bill, especially in a time of crisis. So so understand your plan now and what its limitations are. And my other advice, pre-plan for a tragedy. I, I can't stress mm-hmm. enough the, the cancer plans, the, the hospitalization, the accident plans. So, but you can put that little bit into the budget each month and not, again, get an unexpected bill in a time of tragedy that you just can't cover on top of trying to recover. That's um, really good advice. In fact, that would be part of a conversation I could have with my clients when we're talking about exit planning and safeguarding and de-risking. And part of of mitigating risk is eliminating, you know, um, the possibility that you could really put yourself upside down if you if you don't have coverage like this. So um, we'll have exactly. more conversations about that in the future. Well, Mary, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? 
My direct office line is area code mm-hmm. 612-421-4112. I spend a lot of time on the phone, so I can't always answer right away, but I do return calls as quickly as I can and definitely within 24 hours. Well, you have great reviews and, and very satisfied clients, so I'm sure that anybody who contacts you is going to be really happy with your service. Thanks for being on the show today. I sure appreciate it. For our listeners, this episode will again be available, of course, for download on the Poised for Exit website, and that's at poisedforexit.com, where you can also get a copy of the book, Poised for Exit. Please do rate and review and subscribe to our show. We super appreciate that. We're on all of the big uh, podcast platforms, of course, Spotify and Apple Podcasts and iHeartRadio, wherever you get your shows. Thanks again for listening, everybody, and please do join us again next time.